episode of the Canada Revenue Agency's Payroll Podcast. On the podcast, we'll be discussing important topics related to deducting, remitting, and reporting payroll deductions. We'll look at some of the key concepts you need to understand to ensure you're fulfilling your responsibilities as an employer or payer. We'll be speaking with subject matter experts from the CRA to delve into more detailed aspects of payroll and answer some of the most common questions we receive from the payroll community. At the CRA, we know that most employers want to be compliant, and our goal is to make being compliant as easy as possible by ensuring employers have the information they need. The Payroll Podcast is available on iTunes and on our website at cra.gc.ca slash payroll. On today's show, I talked to Kira Turner, Senior Programs Officer with the CRA, to take an introductory look at taxable benefits. We'll be discussing the key concepts you need to understand when determining whether or not a benefit is taxable. But first, what exactly is a taxable benefit? A taxable benefit is part of an employee's overall pay package. We're all familiar with uh, the fact that we go to work and we receive a paycheck, whether it's directly deposited or we actually receive a physical check or even some people are paid in cash. Um, everybody knows that that's your pay, but your pay comprises more than just that that cash that you receive. Often employers will provide various benefits. So these are items other than cash usually, uh, things like your parking spot or an employer, depending on the sort of job you do, may provide you with a car. Or if your employer gives you a Christmas gift, that could, in some circumstances, be a taxable benefit. Uh, if your certain types of insurance that your employer may provide could also be taxable benefits to you. So a taxable benefit is an economic advantage. It's something that usually, if you wanted it, you would have to pay for yourself. But because your employer provides it for you, you do not have to pay for it yourself out of pocket. And therefore, you have an economic advantage over employees who don't receive the same benefit, whether they're employees within your organization or just employees generally in the world. Okay. And is there a specific piece of legislation that says these things become taxable or uh, how does that work? Yes, there is. It's, it's called the Income Tax Act. And the taxation of employment income flows from two particular sections. Section 5, which includes uh, in, an in an individual's income for the year, the um, salary, wages, and other remuneration. Okay. Now, other remuneration is the key for taxable benefits. So salary and wages are that cash earn those cash earnings, that check, that your paycheck. Mm -hmm. But other remuneration then flows through to section six. And section six says, roughly, I, I'm not going to say that this is an exact quote, but it basically says that there shall be included in computing a tax, uh, a, a tax, an individual's income from office or employment, the value of all benefits received by virtue of office or employment. Okay. Well, so this is a really important concept for an employer to understand, but I mean, are all benefits taxable? Or uh, how, how can an employer know whether a you know, certain benefit they provide should be taxed? Well, the starting point for benefits is yes, all benefits are taxable. The wording of the legislation is incredibly broad. The, val the value of all benefits of any kind, whatever, received by virtue of office or employment. So if you're wondering if a benefit is taxable, your starting point is yes, 
and then look for something that would make it not taxable. Now, Section 6 starts with the general taxability of benefits, but then it moves on to exclude certain benefits legislatively. For example, if your employer provides a private health services plan, so that would be uh, your extended medical and your dental, so things things of that nature, so okay. your drug plan. That is legislatively, legislatively carved out from the tax as not taxable. Another example is disability-related pl- employment benefits. Uh, so if you provide some sort of um, benefit specifically related to helping an employee who has a significant disability access, you know, the workplace, that would be excluded from taxability. So, for example, a parking spot for somebody who has a severe mobility impairment. Okay. I mean, I've looked a little bit at the at the Income Tax Act. You know, I have very limited experience with it. It can be very complex, very difficult to understand. Um, you know, for someone that's not a, a legal expert, do we have a resource that you know, that an employer can use to, let's say they're wondering, they're providing a specific benefit, they don't know if there's something that would exclude that from being taxable. Um, what can they do? Is there a specific guide or something that we provide for that? There is. The CRA publishes annually the uh, T4130, which is in the proper title is the Employer's Guide Taxable Benefits and Allowances. Uh, Now, this guide addresses mostly CRA's administrative policies. Um, There is a a detailed explanation of automobile benefits and motor vehicle benefits, which are very prescribed in the legislation. But Mm -hmm. in addition to the legislated exclusions, the CRA has over time, uh, through consideration and court precedent, established a number of administrative positions that allow certain benefits to be uh, considered tax-free in certain circumstances. Okay, so the T4130 would go into detail about the, some of these benefits and break it down in a way that's easier to understand you know, rather yes. than reading the Income well, Tax Act. The, T, the T4130, the uh, the Employer's Guide to Taxable Benefits and Allowances, it really explains our, impl- our taxable benefit policies. So it is mostly focused on on policies that are not actually enshrined in the legis- uh, the legislation that soften mm-hmm. the legislation, although there are some some uh, discussions such as as I said automobile and also stock options or security options okay. that are are more um, an explanation of very complicated um, concepts from the legislation itself. Okay, and does that guide? I mean, does it cover every benefit that can be provided? No. Because really, any personal item, sky's the limit, can be a taxable benefit. And so it's not possible to cover every possible thing that an employer may decide to provide to an employee. What we do, I mean, we we could try, but the guide would be longer than the Income Tax Act. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's what anyone wants. Uh, what we do try to do in this guide is talk about the most commonly provided benefits, the things that that you're more likely to encounter. Uh, you know, the way I like to put it is we have to write the guides for the horses, not the zebras. <laughs> okay. And But what would you do uh, from an employer perspective? You look in the guide, the benefit you're providing is not covered there. What can you do if you need more information? 
If you need more information, you can always, you know, call the CRA's uh, 1-800 line, the business inquiries line, and they can, they're an excellent resource for providing clarification. But if you uh, learn about the underlying concepts that kind of govern why benefits are taxable and, and how we decide if they're taxable, it could be something that you're able to figure out yourself. After the break, we'll take a closer look at the underlying concepts Kira mentioned. Stay with us. The Canada Revenue Agency provides a free electronic service that notifies you of new information related to payroll. If you subscribe, you will be notified of any webinars, podcasts, or other payroll-related information. To subscribe, visit us at cra.gc.ca slash lists. Are you a payroll software provider or a company that develops its own in-house payroll solution? Guide T4127, Payroll Deductions Formulas for Computer Programs, has the formulas you need to determine federal, provincial, and territorial income taxes, Canada Pension Plan contributions, and employment insurance premium deductions. The formulas also let you calculate payroll deductions for special cases, such as commission, pension income, bonuses, and retroactive pay increases. Download our easy-to-use guide from our webpage at cra.gc.ca slash payroll. When determining if a benefit is taxable, there are three questions an employer needs to ask themselves. Is the employee receiving an economic advantage? Is that economic advantage measurable in monetary terms? And who is the primary beneficiary? Or in other words, who benefits more, the employer or the employee? I ask Kira to break down each of these concepts for us. Well, it comes down to, is the employee further ahead at the end of the day than they were when they started the day. So if you provide a benefit to an employee somewhere throughout that day, is this, are they further ahead at the end? Generally speaking, a taxable benefit is a personal item or a personal service that is provided to the employee by the employer. Something that if the employer didn't do it and the employee wanted it, the employee would have to pay for it out of pocket. And okay. therefore, when the employer provides it, the employer rece- the employee receives an economic advantage over other employees who do not receive that same benefit. Okay. One example I like to use to really illustrate this point is parking. Uh, you'll find it's a benefit I talk a lot about because it's it's one that generates a lot of questions and is very interesting to Canadians, I think, as a whole, because we're such a large country and so many of us drive. Um It's well established that costs associated with commuting to and from work are personal in nature. Your employer doesn't buy your car for you usually. Your employer usually doesn't provide you with gas, usually doesn't pay for the maintenance on your car. Well, all those things, most people do understand that's personal in nature. But where you park your car 
that's also part of the cost of getting to or from work. And if you work in an area where very often these areas are downtown cores Mm -hmm. where, you know, parking is at a premium, there are commercial parking lots. Some employers have the ability to offer their employers, employees parking. Some do not. So an employee who chooses to drive in that situation either has to have an employer who pays for their parking or provides them with parking or has to find parking and pay for it out of pocket. Okay. So in that situation, so an employee who has to pay for parking out of pocket in some large cities in Canada could end up paying, you know, $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 a year mm-hmm. to park their car at or near work. Whereas an employee who has free parking provided to them pays zero. Okay. So that's where we get into so the, the employees that are getting that free parking have an advantage over the ones that aren't. Yes, they have an, okay. an, an economic advantage. Okay. They've been they've been placed further ahead as opposed to restored to their previous state. Because there's a difference between a benefit and, say, a reimbursement. Sometimes in the course of performing your duties, you may actually pay out of pocket for certain expenses. Uh, like, for example, if you are on a business trip traveling, uh, you may you, you have to eat. And so you may pay out of pocket for your meals and then submit receipts to your employer and receive a reimbursement. In that case, the only reason the reason you were eating out um, is because you were out of town performing your employer's business. Mm -hmm. You would not have incurred those expenses, but for the fact you were carrying out your employer's business. So in reimbursing you, your employer is merely returning you to your previous state as opposed to advantaging you, putting you ahead of where you were before. One thing you'd mentioned as well is, um, you know, in terms of an economic advantage, it does need to be measurable in monetary terms. Could you expand and talk a little bit about that? Well, tax ultimately comes down to a numbers game, right? How much was the income? And then the tax is generally speaking a percentage of that. Uh, deductions, you know, they're based on formulas, but it, it all comes down to numbers. So if the if the benefit cannot be, if the value the, of the benefit cannot be measured or quantified, you don't know what number to put as income and what number to deduct as tax. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a way to measure the value of that benefit. In general, it's the preferred method, and this is also well-established via court precedent, but CRA's preferred method for um, determining the value of a taxable benefit is to consider the fair market value. Now, the fair market value is defined as the highest price that that can be obtained in an open market between two parties dealing at arm's length. So, we prefer fair market value because it's an objective measure. Some people will try to argue that, well, it doesn't cost, I'm the, as the employer, it doesn't really cost me anything to provide that benefit or the cost is minimal, therefore the, it has no value. It's not the cost to the employer or the effort that the employer goes to, it's the value to the employee. And the value to the employee is what that employee would have had to pay for that same item or service or good if the employer didn't provide it. Okay. So you'd mentioned sort of it's the um, you know, fair market value would be the price that could be obtained in an open market. Um, what would an employer do? Let's say you're, they're having trouble finding out what that, what that value should be. I mean, what advice can we give them as far as determining that? 
Well, it kind of depends based on the benefit. Okay. I mean, for something like parking, which we've already mentioned, look at what the cost of commercial parking is in the area. Um, you know, do comparables. Mm-hmm. If it's uh, good or service, it's it, it's pretty, you know, looking up on do, doing some quick internet research and saying, you know, I want to buy this. You'll get web pages that say, I'll sell it to you for this and this and this. And that that provides a picture of what in an open market items of that nature, goods of that nature are going for. Okay. And that's really up to the employer then is to, to do that research. It is the employer's. Find out what the value should be. Yes. It is the employer's responsibility to accurately reflect the employee's income in this does include determining the fair market value of benefits that are given. In some cases, the cost to the employer could actually be representative of fair market value, but you can't assume that it is representative of a fair market value. Okay. And sh- should employers be keeping records as far, you know, to you know, to justify sort of the value that they've come up with? Or? Absolutely. I mean, records just as a whole throughout all of payroll and not just taxable benefits are key. Um, they make, if should you ever come up as an employer, should you ever come up for a compliance review, having complete and detailed records will make the process much easier for you. Uh, so yes, an employer, beyond that, employers, people in general, taxpayers, mm-hmm. are actually legislatively required to maintain books and records. Okay. So we don't, CRA doesn't necessarily dictate the exact form that they take. You know, the employer can can make those decisions. But the more where taxable benefits are concerned, the employer should detail their thought process, what they considered, why they made the decision something was taxable, or why they made the decision something was not taxable. Okay, that makes sense. But one thing you had mentioned as well, um, we've talked about sort of the value to an employee and an employee being further ahead and, you know, that being an important factor as far as whether a benefit's taxable. Um, but how does the, the benefit to the employer come into that? I mean, uh, how is that a factor in all of this? Well, anytime an employer provides a benefit, they do so because it suits them to do so, because they see an advantage to them in doing it. Um, they don't do it out of kindness or altruism. They do it because they see an advantage to them. And those mm-hmm. advantages can be the, some of the things you touched on, attracting and retaining employees, increasing morale um, for certain health-related benefits, such as insurance-type things or dental plans and that sort of thing. It's to the employer's benefit to have a healthier workforce and regular mental uh, mental dental care and health care is, <laughs> mm-hmm. is helpful to having a healthy workforce. You know, so there's always an advantage to the employer. So the question comes down to who benefits more. And a good way to consider this is we, we tend to consider that the employer employer is the primary beneficiary when the employee, when the item provided to the employee is needed in order to to do for the employee to do their duties of employment. So returning to my favorite benefit example, parking. For parking in general, costs associated, as I said, costs associated with with commuting to and from work, including parking, are personal in nature. But Mm -hmm. what if the nature of your job means you actually need to have access to a car throughout the day? So perhaps you're a regional manager for a group of stores in a city and you have to travel um, throughout the day from from store to store to store. Mm -hmm. You know, so in that case, you need to have a vehicle to do your duties. Traveling between home and work is still personal in nature, but 
we would allow that if you regularly need a vehicle to do your duties, that the parking is not. Because if you need that car, you also need somewhere to park it. Okay. So where the employee needs the good or service, the, the good or service in order to perform their duties of employment, we tend to consider the employer to be the primary beneficiary. Where the employee, where the item is purely personal in nature, the employee it does not need it to do their duties, then we would consider the employee to be the primary beneficiary. We don't require or allow, really, any kind of uh, percentages. We don't say, well, I think it's 55% employer benefit and 45% employee benefit, so it's just once you reach past 50% for one or the other, all of the benefit uh, accrues to that person and any ancillary benefit is ignored. Thank you for listening to the CRA's Payroll Podcast. Today's episode was the first installment in a series on taxable benefits. Later episodes in the series will focus on some of the more complex taxable benefits employees receive. If you have any questions about the show, if you'd like to give feedback, or if you'd like to request a topic for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at cra-arc.gc.ca. We'd love to hear from you.